0: I'm sorry I haven't a clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is
1: Humphrey Littleton. Hello, and welcome to I'm sorry I haven't a clue. You join us for a second week in Basingstoke, the undisputed jewel in Hampshire's crown. (laughs) The name Basingstoke is first mentioned when William the Conqueror commissioned the Doomsday Book, where it's listed as a settlement with a population of some 200-odd people. (laughs) (laughs) But the Normans could be a bit judgmental. (laughs) Basingstoke's early prosperity was based on the production of wool. Sheep were raised locally and their wool was cleaned by being beaten with a mixture of water and clay by large wooden hammers driven by watermills. Later, in a more enlightened age, it was decided to shear them first. (laughs) The hospital of St John the Baptist saw its ultimate test with the Black Death of 1347, which left Basingstoke decimated. Tis a sight to vex the spirit... Them the Lord hath spared do move with hollow cheeks and eyes that are sunken unto their sockets. Broken are they with despair and the pity of their existence. A stillness most dreadful and ghostly doth cloak the whole town withal. But other than those comments, the RSE guide gives it two rosettes. (laughs) 1657 saw the Basingstoke Witch Trials where a woman named Goody Turner was found guilty of practising witchcraft after surviving a ducking in the pond an angry mob then tried to burn her at the stake but she was too damp and kept going (laughs) and kept going out The family of Sarah, Duchess of York, came from the nearby village of Dummer, which is presumably why she's constantly referred to as one of the Dummer Fergusons. (laughs) Basingstoke today is probably most famous as housing the headquarters of the AA, and we're expecting a party from their offices here tonight. We've been told to expect them sometime in the next seven hours. (laughs) Now, let's meet four comedians who are today considered the funniest in their field. However, the council do say they'll have their caravans towed away <laughs> if they don't move on. They are on my left, Graham Garden and Barry Cryer. And on my right, Jim Brooke Taylor and Linda Smith. And making a welcome return to take up her position on my left hand, our scorer, the ever-delightful Samantha. We kick off this week with a round designed to improve our understanding of the English language. For example, there are some ignorant souls who don't understand the subtle difference between the words sty and pig pen. Well, sty refers to a low shed or enclosure where swine are housed, whereas pig pen is that big clock tower they've got at Westminster. (laughs) But words are constantly changing their meaning, so I'd like the teams to share with us some new definitions they may have spotted recently. Linda, would you care to start, please?
2: Pendulous. When you can put a pen under it and it stays there.
1: <laughs> Barry.
0: Psychopath. Crazy paving.
3: <laughs> Tim.
1: Mistake. Winner of a butcher's beauty contest. <laughs>
0: Gross mistake, unlikely winner of a butcher's. <laughs> Graham, decease to stop stopping.
2: Masonette, very small chief constable.
0: <laughs> Sewage, legal work. <laughs> iPod. Optical aid using peas.
2: (laughs) Palisade. What the Queen drinks. (laughs) Margate. The mother of all scandals.
0: Canberra. Cry of a French lumberjack as a tree falls. <laughs> Sentiment, the perfume he intended to buy.
2: Postulate, the new name for Royal Mail.
1: <laughs> Herpes. What my wife has won prizes for at the local flower show.
0: (laughs) Juniper, Israeli crab.
2: (laughs) Deglaze, to stop watching (laughs) neighbours.
0: Decade, Ant. Torpid. Incomplete torpedo. (laughs) Wisp. A really pathetic wasp.
2: (laughs) Mushrooms. What Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen does.
1: Teams are going to give full vent to their acting skills now in the round called Sound Charades. This is a cunningly adapted version of the erstwhile TV favorite Give Us a Clue, where the players mimed a song or film titles in complete silence to produce wave upon wave of unbridled noisy laughter. Our version is similar in that the element of silence is retained, (laughs) but in a novel twist that's provided by the audience. Sadly, the show is no longer aired, but regulars Lionel Blair and Christopher Biggins recently appeared on Stars in Their Eyes, where Lionel, singing Maggie May, came second to his old teammate. Biggins said Lionel's rod was outstanding, but he easily had it licked. LAUGHTER Tim and Linda, you're to start, please, and your title will shortly be displayed to the audience via the display screen, while for listeners at home, here's the mystery voice.
2: Six feet under. Six feet under.
0: It's, um...
1: (laughs) There are three words, and it's a television programme. What are you doing down there? Under the table. What are you doing down under the table, Linda? Well,
2: I'm just having a bit of a look.
1: Can you see anything?
2: Well, there must be three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Either that, that. that or it's it's a huge insect.
1: (laughs) Is it a huge insect? Is it
0: hairy?
2: No, 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 you won't. No, it can't be a huge insect. It's far too hairy. uh, I think it might be uh, the Beverly Sisters. (laughs) That's
1: all you get. <laughs> you can come up now, Lyn.
2: So, can you really get me on to just a minute?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was it raising the dead?
1: Six feet under. Yes. How do you know one of the Beverly sisters hasn't got a wooden leg? I don't know. How do you know? (laughs) Let's not not go along that road. Right, your turn, Barry and Graham. Your title is now being exhibited on the laser display board. And here again is the mystery voice for listeners at home.
3: The Stepford Wives. The Stepford Wives.
0: Three words. Three words, yes, indeed. Um, and, uh, It's a film? It's a film, and uh, it was a book, I think. Yeah. Yes? It was a book or wasn't? Was a book, and still is, probably. The book still exists. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Dougal! Ah, he is. Yeah. You'll have had your tea. Ah, uh, well... Well, I, w- I wouldn't say no. Well, uh, uh... I'll just take it as red, then. Now, uh, the longest come a- day. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: come away. Oh, come away a- out the back. <laughs> I want to show you something. Well, There's nothing round the back I haven't seen before. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Look, over here. James! What the devil are those? Those, oh, Hamish, Am my dwives. Dwives? Aye. I... They're a lively bunch. <laughs> well, well, it's feeding time, you see. But you'll notice these drives have very short legs. Very, very short yeah, indeed. Why, right. uh, that gravel must bring a tear to the eyes. Oh, <laughs>
3: it,
0: it does, and that's why I've made that wee platform arrangement. <laughs> God, see. So they can hop onto it onto to reach it. the trough. <laughs> <draft. laughs> the trough to reach the food. Oh, so ingenious. Uh, what do you call that wee platform arrangement the dwives are standing on? <laughs> I would have thought it was obvious. <laughs>
1: The Stepford Wives next. (laughs) Very good. The next game is called Word for Word. Now, even though this is a word game, it makes great physical demands on the players who've all been training rigorously to become match fit. Graham, Linda and Tim all decided to build up their stamina by taking up fell walking, while Barry has been rambling since 1972. (laughs) Okay, I'd like you to start off by exchanging unconnected words, please. Tim and Linda, Barry and Graham. You should challenge to take over play if you spot any connection. Off you go, Tim and Linda. Tortoise.
2: Sink tidy. Challenge from
1: Graham. Yes, um, Miss Sink tidy
0: taught us Latin at school.
1: (laughs) I'll allow that. Over to you, Graham and Barry. (laughs) Right. Egg.
0: Plinth. Spoon. Orbit. Leg. Circuit. Tree.
1: Tangent. Challenge from Linda.
2: Circuitry.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh, Brilliant. Carry on. Uh, Tactile. Bird bath. Campanology.
2: Sofa. Paranoid. Coffee table.
0: Paranoid coffee table. Sixties rock group.
1: (laughs) San Francisco based. No, overruled. Carry on, Tim. Uh, Mascarpone.
2: Sorry. Mascarpone. No, sorry.
1: been. Challenge from Barry. Mascapone,
0: Chicago gangster, was it? <laughs> Who said sorry in prison. Deep remorse. Connection between Mascapone, <coughs> legendary Chicago gangster. <laughs> no Deviation. relation to him in Berlin.
3: What?
1: Whoever it was, whoever it was, you've won. It's now time to... <laughs> It's now time to play the game called Mornington Crescent. But first I noticed from the listener reaction in tray that we've received a little over no letters this week. It comes from a Mrs. Trellis of North Wales. She writes She writes, Dear watchdog, am I alone in receiving so much junk mail? Can these people not get it into their thick heads? I do not want a Chinese boat. Your sincerely, Mrs. Trellis. <laughs> Stupid old bat. <laughs> now, oh, today's junk! <laughs> now, today's version of the game promises to be a real spectacle, as this time the teams will be playing living Mornington Crescent, during which they'll have to manoeuvre themselves physically around a large and fully illustrated map. So, teams, if you care to take your shoes off now, please. Thank you. As you'd expect, it's standard metropolitan rules as defined by Norton's Third Convention. Therefore, blocking is not allowed. Southern approach routes are out of bounds and the poke holder always plays advantage. Did you say blocking was allowed? Not allowed. Not
2: allowed. Not allowed. No. Can't stress that too much, Tim.
1: I can't. Your voice is gone <laughs> Tim, will you start please uh, Marylebone High Street, Cleveland Street
0: yeah. Gants Hill graham i 'm not going all the way over there
2: well, unless you do you, you'll be you 'll be um, approaching me from the south. A minute.
0: White City, (laughs) Portobello Road, shoot up hill. What do you say? (laughs) Shoot up hill.
1: That's some drug reference.
0: If we're playing Norton's, if I give it, yeah, if we do one Score. That's in two. That's in yours, you it? could do it, yeah. Earls you? Court. Earl's Southampton Court. Row. What? Oh, no, hang on, not Earls Court then. Arnus <laughs> <Ernest> Grove. <laughs> highbury. Highbury, Highbury. Hey, wait a minute. Berkeley Square. That's the southern approach. Yes. <laughs> it's the southern approach. Southern approach, Baz. You what? It's the southern approach. Blocking his southern approach, isn't And it? he's
2: the poke not holder.
0: <laughs> not blocking him. Adjudication, please, hump.
1: I've forgotten what it was. I don't know what. I've forgotten what happened, so uh, carry on. <laughs> Go on, Linda.
2: Mornington Crescent.
1: Yes. Oh, Teams are going to delve into the world of proverbs now. Down the years, proverbs have provided an essential life code, but today many leave something to be desired. For example, whilst it's still true that you can't make a silk purse out of a pig's ear, there's certainly nothing to stop you making a pork pie. (laughs) And while we're on the subject, it's not the broth, but the TV schedule that's spoiled by too many cooks. Okay, teams, I have with me a list of popular and useful proverbs. But it's a cryptic list, because instead of the full proverb, all you get to go on is the first letter of each word. The question is, can you tell me the actual saying from these letters alone? Let's find out. (laughs) Okay, Graham, we'll start with you. Can you tell us what popular proverb these letters stand for? C-H-W-H. Cheap hat, wet head. Cold hands, warm heart. Oh. Right, now you, Linda, can you tell us what useful rule of thumb these letters might stand for? B-I-T-T-W.
2: B-I-T-T-W. Could it be um, a proverb, uh, much in use in the White House, uh, bomb Iraq Tuesdays, Thursdays and weekends?
1: <laughs> Blood is thicker than water. Now, it's your turn, Tim. What uh, useful advice might these letters stand for? FWBNP. This is a proverb for four-wheel drive owners. Uh, FW, four wheels, but no passengers. (laughs) Fine words, but no parsnips. Finally, Barry, what useful saying is it encapsulated in these five letters? A-W-P-N-B.
0: All wet pants need boiling.
2: That's not a proverb. That's a sign up in the home, and you know it.
1: <laughs> Another sign next to it says, A watch pot never boils. I've got a complaint about the script. I've just said, finally, Barry, and now it says, "Okay, let's try some more. (laughs) Talk about broken promises. (laughs) Here are some for any of you to have a go at. BCBC.
2: BCBC. I think that's the well-known showbiz proverb, Barry Cryer bankrolls Carlsberg. (laughs)
1: I I think there's another one BCBC be kind to bad spellers the answer is beggars can't be choosers there is a spoonerism there but I won't say because I'll get sued (laughs) what about these letters anyone TNTLTP
0: Oh, TNT LTP, that's uh, advice when jogging in St. Peter's Square in Rome. Try not to lap the Pope.
1: <laughs> of course, it's, there's no time like the present. It's music time again with Swanee Kazoo. This is the round in which the teams perform instrumental duets to combine the emollient lilt of the swanny whistle with the jaunty rasp of the kazoo. Once an unlikely combination, the swanny whistle and the kazoo now go together as naturally as egg and chips, sausage and mash, chocolate and pudding, or morbid and obesity. (laughs) Piano accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell. Listeners may be interested to learn that some years ago Colin came very close to winning the Leeds Piano Competition need, bought those two extra raffle tickets. <laughs> okay, we'll start with you, Marion Graham, and I'd like you to provide us with a rendition of Getting to Know You from The King and I. Right, that's enough tuning up. Can you play? (laughs) Your turn now, Tim and Linda, and I'd like you to provide us with a rendition of the popular round, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. it's very nearly time to end the show but we can just squeeze in a round of her suit person's film club (laughs) Samantha tells me she has to nip off to see her gentleman beautician friend now who does a leg hair treatment for her he lays ribbons of sticky wax paper on her thighs and then lets them dry then Samantha says she likes to watch as he rips the paper strips and wax off for her So while she's away enjoying that, I'd like you, please, teams, to suggest movie titles likely to delight an enthusiastically hairy audience. <laughs> Tim, will you start, please? Harry Potter?
2: <laughs> Barry.
0: I was Monty's stubble. <laughs> Linda?
2: Twelve tangly men.
0: <laughs> Graham? Mop. Shaving Private Ryan. <laughs> or shaving Ryan's private... <laughs> the long, the short and the curlies. <laughs> to kill a mocking beard. <laughs> Thoroughly modern mullet. <laughs> the Hairy post-
2: Queen of Scots. <laughs>
0: The postman all wear ringlets twice. (laughs) Pubic enemy number one. (laughs) Better out than in. Oh, there's a curl in my soup.
1: (laughs) Bring me the head and shoulders of Alfredo. It's time now to end the show. First, I've been asked to make a short announcement. We understand from the theatre management that there have been complaints that certain members of the audience couldn't hear the show. Our sincere apologies go to anyone who was unable to swap seats with them. (laughs) So from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk of Basingstoke, it's goodbye. Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Linda Smith
0: were being given Silly Things to Do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. You can hear more from Humphrey, Samantha, and the teams at the same time next week.